0: Love. Um, Fuck you. I won't do what they tell me. It's episode 24, (laughs) season four of Ravage Love, and we're covering politics. Politics! Oh my God. Hello, Renee. Hello. It's been a week for politics. It has. We
1: chose this a couple weeks ago, but... How are we to know that the week we drop this episode is the week the queen dies and her funeral shuts Mm -hmm. down the nation? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, R.I.P. Prince Charles is going to be... Loving
0: the Charles memes. Yeah.
1: That's what I was going to say is Prince Charles is going to be a terrible king, but the fodder on the internet is incredible. My personal favorite, and feel free to chime in with yours, is... Man saying solemnly... Solemnly... Yes, queen. <laughs> 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 That's one of my favorite. Followed by someone who I've tried to find this person on Twitter to give them credit. But someone tweeted out, I feel bad for Canada because your bills are going to be so ugly now. They're going to look... They're going to be called Chuck Bucks. And I... <laughs> <sighs> yeah. How about you? Which one really... Um, What meme... What dank meme about the dead queen really got to you,
0: in <laughs> Honestly, they're all... The Charles memes are killing me, and there's one where it's just him standing with, like, his fingers, but they've turned his fingers into little Venetian sausages, and it <laughs> just <laughs> killed me. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. Because um, he's just a baby man, and, I mean, he's... You know, Elizabeth was, like, an OG. Like, she... Did not play. She was, she was rough. Like, we talked about how she scared the piss out of, like, some Middle Eastern prince. Oh, yeah. You know, by driving really fast. Like, she was in the war. Like, yeah, she's a monarch. And I don't love what that stands for. But, like, she was a baller. And um, Charles is the literal worst. I would have rather Camilla... I hope Camilla just puts a fucking leash on him, and she takes over. I'd rather have Camilla, frankly. Um, But I have this, like, version of her in my head like she is on the Windsors. Um, And that's what I want for England. I,
1: um... Yeah, I have less than zero respect for Charles. He will always be Prince Charles to me. Fuck your King Charles nonsense. He, yeah, like, everything from the fact that he was, like, so awful to Diana, but also when Prince Harry left and did that interview uh, for his mental health series on Apple TV, which I cannot recommend enough. It's a mental health series by Prince Harry and Oprah. So I understand feeling cynical about it, but it's so powerful. Lady Gaga talks about having PTSD. Like, it's really powerful. But But Prince Harry talks about how, like, his mom died because his worst nightmare came true. He had PTSD from it. I'm sure William did too. And the dad was just like, well, that's just how it is. And Prince Harry was like, no, that's how it was for you. But your job as a parent is to break the cycle of abuse. And then Mm -hmm. you didn't. And I just will never, like people keep fixating on how, you know, he told Camilla he was jealous of her tampon. But like, I cannot forgive a grown ass man who made his two very young grieving sons walk behind their mother's casket because he figured it would shield him from the crowd booing him at her funeral so gross he's a baby man he's a baby, yeah, man. baby man and like i just can't can you imagine a life in which you start your job at 73 everyone else is like <laughs> 73 like done they are done they are retired they are thriving this man is just getting started like Oh, it's going to be terrible. But the memes. The memes. Oh, my God. Late night is going to be bouncing for a while. So we'll see how it goes. But I have a confession to make this week, Renee. What is it? So, this is a safe space. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. You said politics. I love politics. Uh, in fact, today, uh, the day that we're recording, I spent my afternoon training parliamentary interns i live in ottawa um love that shit so i was excited thank you i was excited i was excited for politics and then i chose a book thinking it would be hilarious i was like i'm gonna go full renee it's not zany but it's like this Mm -hmm. is gonna be cheesy romance that's very clearly about trudeau and (laughs) 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 pretending it's not renee this book was so good. And it was the spiciest book I have read no. in our entire show's history. Stop. I'm not even joking. I had to take breaks. Was oh. it the most explicit book that I've read? Not even not even close. Not even remotely the most explicit book that I read. But it was just so hot. I've been dying to tell you about it
0: i'm ready are you ready i am fucking re- no wait i'm not ready yet why julie why we're we're gonna have a black ariel and i was watching videos <laughs> of little black girls and they were watching the trailer for the first time so fucking excited and i've been sobbing for the last 45 minutes oh yeah um and that's deeply political yeah. so it, it's worth mentioning but oh, my God. now that i've mentioned it um you you can go on no
1: you're absolutely correct and if anyone listening to this needs a serotonin boost more than just listening to us (sighs) talk nonsense for an hour go on tiktok instagram twitter facebook wherever and just look up little mermaid reaction videos because it is just dozens and dozens of brown and black girls with their little faces lighting up when they realize that ariel is black oh my god the one where the little girl's like Mama, she's brown. Oh, Ooh. lord,
0: got Ooh. me in the feels. Like, oh, I can't. I can't. I'm so. I I had feelings about them redoing Little Mermaid because it's awful. Um, I look upon it now with kinder eyes. <laughs> that was a mother and a woman deeply scarred by Disney princesses. Um, and I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, plus revisionist history. Um. They did a really good revision of The Little Mermaid, where they got like Glenn Close and Jodie Foster and all these people on there to like voice the characters, and it was very lovely. And I was like, "This is what I want. This is what we deserve." Yeah. Um, but they did it. They did it. They they got me back, and I'm excited. I love so. That. I love it. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And you're like, it's if you need to get out some big feelings or you just need to Mm -hmm. be happy about the world, I'm telling you, you're absolutely correct, Renee. People look up Little Mermaid live action reaction videos. Oh God.
0: I'm sorry to derail. That's okay.
1: What I asked you if you were ready and you clearly weren't, but now you are because you're correct. You had to get that out of your system because everyone needs to know the power the power. So let me tell you about my book. I'm ready. It's called Prime Minister and it is the first in the frisky beavers
0: novel series <laughs> that's not serious that's not a serious right. there's no way this is a serious book julie
1: and the cover is like a very attractive man clearly wearing a tux that's kind of uh you know ooh, that's like such a move i fucking love that when you have a tux with a bow tie and the bow tie is like undone woo, woo, it's a vibe um, and so I'm like, okay, this is like a handsome stock photo. Um, it looks pretty professional, but again, it's a Frisky Beavers novel. So let's see where this goes. My first question was British or Canadian, but I figured I'm going to assume it's Canadian if it says Frisky Beavers. So then I'm like, well, is this written by Canadians? And it is. It is. So Ainsley Booth in particular, there's a little bit more information about her out there. And her website tagline is Writer of Filth, Purveyor of Hope, which I feel like could be our tagline.
0: (laughs) Really, truly, yeah.
1: Readers of Filth. Um, And she's in London, Ontario. So you can tell that whoever wrote this is Canadian because there's little references to things in the city of Ottawa that are accurate that you would need to know if, like, you'd only know if you lived here or you knew someone who did so little references about you know where the parliament hill staffers would go and drink after work and that kind of stuff. So the accuracy 10 out of 10. Um the other thing that's important to understand about this book is that it was a smash hit. Like this thing was a bestseller in 2016 and 2017. And if you're like, "Hmm, hmm, hmm those no. dates are interesting." That's because it was shortly after Trudeau got elected. <laughs> 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 so these two women clearly saw this beautiful man get elected as prime minister and then decided to make some smut about it. And I am here for it. But in our book, the prime minister is a 39-year-old single man from Vancouver. He's a bit on the job only a few months. He's 39. Uh, previous to being prime minister, he was a union lawyer a community activist, and a Habitat for Humanity volunteer. And everyone is swooning. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. And Ellie is a University of Ottawa PhD student, ABD, which if you don't know, means any, every, it's like, but, anyways, it's like, I basically did all of the classes, but my, um, finished my dissertation. Anything but dissertation? I don't remember how it stands for, but. Um, so she's a PhD student and she's doing an internship on the Hill and she's not dumb. She knows that Gavin Strong has just been elected and he's beautiful and she's fond over him and been real thirsty for him. Um, but she's also, you know, she has a BA in women's studies and sociology and she has a master's in women's studies. Um, sounds
0: familiar. (laughs) I was like, "Mm -hmm,
1: literally me. Um, but She's also, you know, she's a proud feminist, and so she's like conflicted because she's like, okay, you're a grown-up who's doing an internship. Like, you don't need to be fangirling over this dude, but also like, oh my God, he's so hot. So she quickly realizes that he is way hotter in person, but also um a hard-assed and a perfectionist. Um, and she's gotta really be on her game and she's gotta keep her crush in check because he is sharp. Um, and she speaks out and he loves that. He's like, you're an intern and you're like giving me the business. I love this. Um, And um, this is where the Trudeau nods come in. So he's a new uh, prime minister and he's young, but the reason why he's not getting a lot of respect from the media is because he's beautiful. And the media keeps sort of calling him this like rich kid with nothing (laughs) but charm. (laughs) So he's (laughs) anal retentive because he's got stuff to prove but who boy he likes ellie from the second he sees her and she loves that she, she just gives him the straight goods and he asks her a question for her opinion on something and if it means disagreeing with her she tells him and he realizes very quickly because he's intelligent that that's who you want around you you don't want yes men you want people to give you the business so mm-hmm. he is like who yeah i am enamored with this woman but um I I can't do that. Obviously, she's my intern. What am I going to do? Be a Bill Clinton cliche? Like, come on, son. So, but because he's the prime minister and she's really trying to make an impression, she is like very organized and dresses really nice every day. And she um, calls him sir, which... Then you find out, well, the prime minister is kinky as fuck, and so he's like, basically, you, she, this woman can't keep calling me sir because it's making me hot in my pants. So mm. he calls his BFF Max in Vancouver, and he's like, "Look, I got this intern; she's hot to trot, and I gotta fucking, I gotta get this out of my brain." He met Max in university; they were roommates, and Max is a hardcore, sadistic kingster who goes to sex clubs, has a dungeon, the whole thing. And so he sort of initiated the prime minister back in university into that life. So he calls up his best friend and he's like, dude, I'm going to fly to Vancouver. You're going to find me someone. I got to just bang out these feelings because I cannot make a move on this woman, but she's got me all riled up. Wow. Doesn't he go all the way there and he can't go through with it? Cause he realizes, I think I might actually like this woman. So, Then he comes back and is like, I can't be around this woman, but I also can't fuck anyone else. And I don't know what to do with myself. So he moves her to the comms team. And it's not a demotion, but she's sad that she can't be in his beautiful presence. Um, Then he realizes this woman's really good at comms. She writes good speeches. She's really great. But... Miss having her around. So he makes excuses to go over there. They start flirting. Um, then at one point, she's in his office. And he basically... The, the the air was electric. And he makes a move. They make out. And then he pulls back and says, like, I can't do this. Um, I don't think we're compatible. And then she obsesses over this and realizes sort of replays it in her mind and realizes i think he was about to like spank me and or choke me and he thinks that i'm not into that and i'm not compatible so like the fucking keener nerd that she is what does she do renee she calls, What's that research a hundred percent so she's <laughs> no. diving into tumblr porn which is how you know it was 2016 r.i.p tumblr porn but um <laughs> Tumblr porn, regular porn, discovers all of these message boards on Reddit that talk about the movie Secretary. So then I actually think Secretary is a terrible fucking movie, but um, (gasps) do you like it? For real? For real?
0: I think it's very spicy. I think it's a very spicy movie. I think it's very spicy. Yes. There's things about it I don't like. Like, I don't like her basically starving to death, but I think the, like, sexy stuff is spicy. Is I, spicy. Do, I do think the sexy stuff
1: is spicy. And I do think it's because I think both of them are spicy. Um yes. I just did not enjoy how, like the whole self-harm element to it. And the idea yeah. that like that whole thing, I just was like, just be like, she's nerdy and didn't realize she was a kingster and just run with that. But anyways, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. It but Maggie fun. Gyllenhaal, love her. So. Sorry. No, absolutely not. It's important for people to know this movie um, because it is part of Ellie in our books, sexual awakening. And so she dresses exactly like this famous outfit with polka dots that Maggie Gyllenhaal wears in the movie. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of her like sign to him of like, I'm putting, picking up what you're throwing down. So, um, then he goes out of his way to invite her to this fancy fundraiser. So she has to get dressed up. Nice. Of course they end up banging. And, banging and banging and banging so much banging so much detailed <laughs> explicit delicious banging um then they start texting each other in code he gives her a burner phone and the only person who catches on that something's going on is his personal security guard named Lachlan and it turns out that Lachlan is himself a bit of a kingster. um Ooh. in fact he has invited the prime minister to join his pickup hockey team where they are all kinksters, high profile kinksters who um, move in these very, very ultra exclusive private worlds. And so Gavin is like, the prime minister is like, oh, so Lachlan's a safe person. He's not really motivated to blackmail me because he's also in this world. So he says, can I borrow your uniform?" to do a little role play and Ellie is into it and then he's like okay what are your interests and they start talking about what they're into and then she says that she might be into a threesome and he was like oh I've done it not really my thing but like can be fun blah 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 well does he not get the fucking security guard to be the third So the Mm -hmm. prime minister bangs his intern (laughs) with the fucking security guard. And then she (laughs) ends up coming so hard that she blacks out. And because they're all experienced kinksters, they know what to do. They like give her some chocolate. They like do some aftercare. She's like, that was obviously the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And (laughs) but the prime minister is like, I did not like this. I realized that I feel very possessive of you and I did not like another man around you. So, um, that means I like really, really like you. Oh fuck. What do I do now? I can't date you. You're my fucking intern. So they end up having a fight about it. Um, she storms off lots of fighting. Um, and then they make up again and then they bang and then they break a lamp, which she thinks is going to like Raise suspicions so then she panics and she runs out again and then he comes back and declares that he's in love with her um and then she's like okay well I have to quit this internship or at least quit working on the hill so she goes back to campus and is like I'm gonna finish out the rest of this on campus so that we're not working together for optics purposes and he's like I'll miss you but whatever let's keep texting on her bang phone and then he's at an event where he forgets (laughs) to turn his ringer off and she (laughs) calls him she usually texts first but she decides to call him and his ringtone goes off while media is around and his ringtone (laughs) is could I be your girl by Jen Harden (laughs) So this sleazy piece of shit journalist overhears the ringtone and is like, that sounds like a story. So like chases (laughs) that lead basically. Um, And then, Oh, I know it's so good. And then um, he decides, fuck it goes on TV and doesn't name her, but says like, yeah, rumors are true. I'm dating someone. Um, It's getting serious. I really love her. Basically leave us alone. Um, but they're now hounded by paps. And he, they're trying to navigate this like situation of, you know, I want to be with this man. I love this man, but he's also the fucking prime minister and I'm a PhD student and I just want to be left alone. And also we like super filthy things. So we're like really protective of our relationship. And then her birthday's coming up. And because he's the fucking prime minister and a rich kid, he buys her a car because he's tired of her taking OC transpo. (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. So he buys her a car for her birthday, takes her out to the aviation museum, which he has rented. That's the worst place. (laughs) Right? Um, And he rents out the whole place and they have this romantic dinner. And then this is the part of the book that I was like, you should have just cut this part out. This is the part that's cheesy and terrible. So, They're at the aviation museum. They're having this sweet, sweet date. And you're getting the sense that there's more than just a car that's being gifted to her this day. And then he gets a phone call because there was a terrorist attack in Sudan. And so he (laughs) he needs to leave. And that would have been enough for me. But then there's like a whole chapter on how he basically like, thwarts world war three and i was like oh (laughs) fucking okay that was a bit much so that part i was like "I roll this is like the cheesiness i expected but then we're back um and then he not only thwarts a war but he goes on an incredible pro vaccination rant which like love that for 2016 (laughs) love it even more in 2022 (laughs) um then he buys her a ring And you're like, okay, okay, this is, this is happening. He's going to propose. And then she's on a work trip. He's doing something. They're going to meet up in Ottawa. He's going to propose. He's super excited. She's at the airport in Toronto looking for her, you know, what's my next flight? Kind of looking up at the screens and sees one of those 24 seven news channels come on. And the prime minister has a sex tape. (gasps) And she's like, no. no, and then looks and it's not her and it's the prime minister standing up with his like jeans like unzipped and this woman clearly blowing him while he has a crop and is like whipping her and being like do you like that my bad girl do you like like all the shit that he says to her in bed So she's like, well, clearly I was not your first sub. And I'm like, I'm not naive enough to think I was, but like way to throw it in my fucking face. So now he's like doing damage control of like, I did do that and it is me and it was consensual. But like, where did you people get this video from? And oh my God, my poor girlfriend and my, her parents who I haven't even met yet. This is all over the news. Um, but true love prevails, Renee. And what is Ellie really good at? Besides deep throating, comes so she. They're going through all of the strategies for how to address it, and he she writes him a speech where he's basically like, "I did this." Um, I'm not ashamed of it but also it's embarrassing that this is out in the world and like respect people's privacy I'm an adult and consenting adults can do whatever the fuck they want and then he proposes and they decide to live happily ever after and then there's a last chapter from the perspective of his best friend and you're like that's interesting and then it ends on a cliffhanger to tell you that book number two in the Frisky mm. Beaver series is from the perspective of his best friend oh yeah so five out of five for spice i mean it was so spicy and like i said it was like it wasn't necessarily the most like we've read some freaky shit but it was just like Mm. written in a way where it was like the level of detail that tells me these people have actually had sex before which as you know some of the stuff we read we're like i think a virgin wrote this (laughs) um (laughs) it like, hoo, 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 and the dynamics between them and like the nuance of him being like, I am a dom, but I'm not a sadist. And her being like, I'm new to this, but I don't know what I like. Like, I'm telling you on paper, if I were to just give you a three second description, you would be like, oh, this is 50 Shades of Grey meets Justin Trudeau. And that's what mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be. But it was so fucking good and super feminist and super consensual. Like they use condoms and then she goes and gets a full physical and then it's like i'm fine and he's like well i'm the prime minister so i have to get physicals all the time i'm fine so then they can fuck without condoms like that level of detail delightful um and for a toy i mean pretty obvious a crop was his undoing so we're gonna give it that um overall really enjoyed it highly recommend it it's long it's like 500 pages um and you probably could have cut out the terrorism in Sudan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. But um as someone who has trained Prime Minister Trudeau, who has met him, um he would absolutely know who I am when I met him if you recall um the first time I formally met him and I told you I was going to um you asked me what he smelled like, which I think is the appropriate question to ask someone. Um so reading this was just so Hilarious to me um, Mm -hmm. to imagine what kind of freaky shit is going down on Parliament Hill. So um, that was Prime Minister Ainsley Booth, Sadie Haler. And for the record, because it was, I was like, Frisky Beavers, (laughs) that name (laughs) is the name that Ellie gives to the, frankly, what you and I would call from small town Canada, puck bunnies who come to watch the pickup games that the prime minister plays in who hang around the arena and try to bag one of the hockey players and ellie gets jealous because she's jealous and calls them frisky beavers that are basically just like thirsty women in the oh, stands
0: i get okay
1: that's what the frisky beavers are so I see. I know you were dying okay. to know where that came from, so you're welcome. No,
0: I I <laughs> thought it was referring to vagina. Well exactly.
1: Exactly. That's I just assumed, and that's why I thought, like, that's a really silly name for a book that's actually like not <laughs> funny. Um like there's intentionally some funny parts, but um, but yo, it's because that's what she calls the women who come to the arena to fuck the prime minister. But it's not about them. No. I think it's just A clever word that they then continues to use because all of the books in this series are Canadian. Mm, Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do have to say that based on his volunteer experience and (laughs) uh, you know lifestyle choices prior to becoming prime minister, I was surprised that they got an NDP candidate to win. You know, to become the prime minister. That was really surprising to me. Um, Oh, I was thinking the same fucking thing. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. i'm like oh my god the ndp finally won
0: (laughs) give me some fucking Jagmeat sing romance though (sighs) oh oh my god please Uh, somebody first of all it's Jugmeat. um pardon me
1: (laughs) second of all hands off he's mine um you could fuck in that fancy rocking chair that like he had remember that that scandal No. You don't remember that scandal? Oh, my God. So when Jagmeet and his wife had their kid, because I think his wife is, like, an influencer. She does other things, but she's basically – she got gifted this, like, $1,500 fancy, bougie rocking chair. And I think it's because it's, like, eco-friendly, salvage wood, something like that. But it was, like, a glider, like, you would put in a nursery. And then the media got a hold of this, and then it turned into this whole thing about how the government, like – he can't accept gifts because he's a political leader. So we ended up having to pay
0: for it. <laughs> oh no. It huh. was just
1: very funny. Um, and it was just like the Ottawa gossip around him. Like, yeah. Having this $1,500 rocking chair that he got gifted and then had to pay for. Um, so yeah, you could uh, bang in that.
0: Yeah. You can't be a member of politics and have a baby shower. Apparently. Right. Like
1: that's the stuff that I found really interesting around like even reading this like when he like this book it's fiction but like when he went to buy her a birthday present he had to like go through all these hoops to figure out okay if i spend my own money is it okay on a personal gift like it's really bananas how i get it i get it like bribery is a is a real issue (laughs) um but it's just very interesting and this that just came out recently where like someone did an audit of all the gifts that trudeau's received from like dignitaries from around the world and like a shocking amount of them are pictures of his face (laughs) like paintings and like sketches that people have made of him and i'm like everyone around the world just wants to fuck this dude and i think it's so funny yeah
0: it's because like you you actually can't make a like paint a picture of stephen harper because (laughs) to do that um, it would require like high level sorcery um, because his eyes are so vacant and evil, right? Like it would oh, so. steal your soul. So, you, you know, so you have to, to to make it accurate and lifelike, like you would need that magic, but then you would also need that magic to protect, um, like to keep, to contain that evil, right? So that's why there's really not a lot of that for him.
1: That's a really good point. There was this company yeah. that has now gone defunct, but um, they made t-shirts like in that like Che Guevara like black outline of the person's face kind of thing and they made one for each political leader i have one for jack layton r.i.p that says don't trash the stash um and then the stephen harper one is just like an outline of his face looking stern and awful and it just says like but i am smiling (laughs) (laughs) and it's the only accurate representation of stephen harper i've ever seen anyone else needs to get like a horcrux or something to do it because yeah the man is oh it's bad dead inside with his lego man hair um oh yeah i
0: worked for the conservative party very briefly as a temp and they had portraits of him all over the office and just like this big like fucking high-rise in downtown ottawa but his portrait was everywhere and i learned later that that's how because he lived in the walls right so he would (laughs) that's how he would spy on us. (laughs) Make sure we were working. (laughs) That
1: really got me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. Back to you,
0: Renee. What did you read? Okay, so I was gonna read My Antifa Lover. (laughs) Um, which, you know, I had been on my radar for a very long time and a lot of people sent to us, but, um, I read the reviews before I touched it and turns out it's just a goof cover. Like there's really nothing like Antifa's not even mentioned in it. And I actually, I don't think there's any fucking in it either. And I was like, no, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> um, if I pay for something like there's gotta be juices. And yeah. I don't think there would be any in that. So I went looking for something else and I don't. You know, I typically pick my books based on covers, so I'm not I'm not going to grab something with one of those like rom y covers. But I did in this case, and so I grabbed a book called Perks of Office by Liz Rain, and Liz Rain is a queer author from Queensland, Australia, um, who writes queer characters. I think this is their only book, um, but it was so lovely and so oh. spicy. And queer as hell, and uh, I'm gonna tell you about it. Do it. So obviously, I feel like it goes out the same, but I'll say it anyway. It's set in Australia. <laughs> um, I'm excited for your reenactment. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I've been watching a lot of Bluey, so I I want to <laughs> believe my accent's gotten better. Um, I don't think it has. So bear with me. Okay, so Emma. Uh, Works for local government and planning. And uh, she's just like an office manager, basically. But one day, her boss, Trish, uh, asks her to come into the office and says, hey, you live in Logan, right? And she's like, yay. Um, And it's like kind of a dump. But a friend of Trish's called her to say, like, we're desperate. We need like a campaign manager, office manager person. If you can find somebody for me, I'll, I'll buy you a bottle of wine, please. Like, you have to help me. So Trish is like, we would hate to lose you, but you live there. Like, would you consider going to work there? And she's like, oh, actually, it's like literally on the other side of the fence behind my house. So, yeah, I'll go. I'll go work over there. So she takes the job. It's like a better job, better money, whatever. So she shows up on her first day and she meets Hitomi and Hitomi has been like, the office assistant for a very long time and was working with the previous office manager, campaign manager person, um, who was really kind of like checked out of the job. was really not interested in it. Like didn't spend money for the community. Didn't, you know, upgrade the office, didn't even file papers, like did nothing. Um, and so there's a lot of work to do, but Hitomi and Emma become very fast friends. Now, Emma is working for Bridget O'Keefe. Bridget is a very, very beautiful um, minister in Australia. And uh, I'm, I can't remember what she, what like her, what she does, but uh, it's in there. So <laughs> it'll tell you in the story. I, I don't know. Um, something important though. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so <laughs> Emma is gay and Emma thinks that Bridget is very, very beautiful. And whenever she's around Bridget, she is just like totally floored. Uh, She doesn't know how to talk to her. She doesn't really know how to, uh, you know, be cool around her. But Bridget is really keen on, you know, meeting more people in the community and like getting more involved. And so it's Emma's job to make sure that she is going out to the community and meeting people and being there to make sure that she does it properly. So Bridget typically just comes to Logan on Fridays, but over time she starts coming more and more. And uh Emma's feeling more confident in her job. And so she ends up cutting off all her hair and giving herself a really sexy butch haircut, which I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Um so is Bridget. Bridget was just like, oh my God, you cut your hair. It looks really nice and um so they're going to all these events and bridget or so emma has mentioned to her roommate who's in currently in ireland that she kind of has the hots for her boss and uh her friend's like get it go get it and she's like i can't she's a politician and my boss like it's an abuse of power i can't like i can't do that um but don't you know it Uh, they go – she gets invited to go to this, like, gala with her boss. But she knows that her boss has, like, her other team members with her. So she's not really sure why she's been invited. And the office manager at, like, the big office hates Emma. Like, she's a huge fucking cunt. So during the night – Bridget's like oh you look really nice like you really ground me and I'm so happy you're here and Emma's like yeah I'm happy I'm here too but she still doesn't really understand why she's there and then the office manager's like you're not needed you're a waste of space get out of here and so she's like did Bridget say that and she's like just get out of here so she goes um and then Bridget calls her the next day and is like hey um where did you go last night and she's like oh well um, you know, office manager said I could go. And she's like, oh, I didn't say that. And so she's like, oh, you didn't. Okay. Um, And so then a scandal happens. And the scandal is that something with, like, money, like, Bridget either – oh, Bridget accept, accepted, like, a dinner with some, like, Japanese dignitaries but didn't know ahead of time that that's what they were. And there's a law there that – You can't accept any sort of money or anything from people that are looking for contracts in your communities. And so it turns out that the office manager, who's a fucking cunt, um, she didn't do enough like background research on these dignitaries. And so uh, she got fired. And we're like, yeah, get out of here, you piece of shit. And so that is out of the picture. And so Bridget's like at the office waiting all day to find out if she's going to get fired. Um, and the prime minister's like, nah, she's all right. And so she's relieved, but she's exhausted. And so she asks, um, Emma to drive her home, um, and help her bring some boxes back to her house. And so she's like, yeah, of course I'm, I work for you. Totally. So she brings her to her house and then Bridget's like, don't go. And Emma's like, okay. Okay and they fucking bang and they bang really nicely and they're very happy and Bridget's or Emma's just like yes nailed it all right um but then the next morning Emma wakes up being shaken and Bridget's like you have to leave like you have to leave and she's like are you married like what's happening and she's like no no you have to leave before my chauffeur gets here and she's like but he knows me like it's fine and she's like no 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 like I can't like you need to leave. And so Emma thinks it's because she's embarrassed or because like she, you know, doesn't want to be humiliated by being with Emma. So she leaves and she's really pissed and she's trying to like practice good boundaries and things because she had a bad relationship that like she kept going back to, but it was with a woman who uh, was from like an ultra conservative Christian home and wasn't out to her family. And so she was a secret and, she hated that. And so Emma's trying really, really hard to practice good boundaries. And so she's like, okay, this woman's embarrassed to, to be seen with me. So I'm just like not going to waste my time. Um, and I'm like, yeah, Emma, good boundaries. But then meanwhile, Bridget shows up and is like, I am so sorry. I realized that how I must have made you feel by doing that to you. Um, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm awful. You know, please forgive me. Um like, so you don't deserve to be treated like that. I'm not embarrassed by you. I'm so happy that we did what we did, and I want to do it again. Uh, but we need to have some ground rules. And so, because she's a politician, um, they have to keep the relationship a secret. So, they get a burner phone and they do everything on the DL. And then Emma can only go over like late at night after Bridget's finished all of her like engagements and things during the day. Um, and at first, Emma's really, really happy, like, she's just like. I really like this girl and I'm really happy. But then as time goes on, she starts to get really tired because like it catches up with you, right? Like she's still working. And so she has to like get up really early, but she doesn't get over to Bridget's until really late at night. And then she has to leave before the chauffeur shows up. So she's getting maybe like two, three hours of sleep a night. Um, And it starts to wear on her and she starts to burn out and she starts to get resentful. And so she's, she's trying to like figure things out with herself. And she's like, should I step away from this and take care of myself? Or, you know, is there, do I leave it up to Bridget that like, I need more or like, what do I have to do? And so one day they're going to this like event and she, Emma's driving she she absentmindedly puts her hand on Bridget's leg and Bridget like flicks it away. And Emma's just like, Oh, okay. That's my answer. Like she cannot be seen with me in public in a romantic way. And I don't want that. That doesn't make me happy. And so she tells Bridget, she's like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. Like it's, it doesn't make me happy. I'm not, I can't do this. And Bridget's like, well, I can't be open about my relationship with you. And she's like, well, why, why the hell not? Like people don't care. They don't care. And she's like, okay, but my constituents are oftentimes very Christian and they don't want me to be a lesbian if like they can't accept that. So I can't be an open lesbian. And Bridget's like, okay, I understand, but I can't be part of that. And so she breaks up with her and she's of course miserable. And so <laughs> she transfers to a whole other department. She moves into like education or something. And her roommate comes back from Ireland to do like damage control and help her. And like, just love her and be her support person and stuff. Um, and time goes by and her, her roommates giving her pressure to like start dating and stuff. And she's like, I don't know. But then there's a woman in her office and she's like, I'm pretty sure she's gay because she went out of her way to tell me that her favorite movie is, but I'm a cheerleader. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's that tracks. That's a flag <laughs> uh, right there. Yeah. Coding, right? <laughs> that's exactly. how lesbians find each other. We are days. flagging each other. Yep. <laughs> do you like natasha leo yeah um <laughs> so um she keeps getting invited out for like work beers and turns it down until finally she's like okay i'm gonna i'll go i'll come for work beers so she goes out with the office and this girl and um they hit it off and they're chatting and it's great and um eventually she goes back to this woman's home and her this woman's like really open about the fact that like she had a messy breakup but um you know it was you know she's she feels good being able to talk about it and emma's like yeah you know what like i feel good that you're talking to me about this because i had a similar problem but she still can't talk about the fact that she was with bridget so nobody knows but her and bridget um but she ends up like this woman's like, hey, I don't know if I can come like this. So can you wear this strap on? She's like, I've never used a strap on, but OK. And so they use a strap on and she's like, wow, oh, I really liked it. It was great. Um, and they decide that like they don't want anything serious, like a like a no string situation, but they want to keep kind of seeing each other casually. And like, it's it's great. So. She's uh, she's out with her roommate they're getting some breakfast emma's dealing with like a really bad hangover um and her friend's like i'm gonna take you to the beach for the day and uh let's just go do that and so as they're driving she's like oh maybe we should take the scenic route and she's like why and then there's this huge billboard of bridget and that just really triggers her and she gets really upset and she's like i'm sorry like i'm ruining the day she's like no it's fine what can I, like, what can we do? She's like, let's get some Meccas, which is McDonald's, uh, for those of you who are not with Australian lingo. <laughs> like, I am. So, like, we'll get some Meccas. And uh, she's, like, tucking into her greasy fucking hash brown when her phone starts dinging because there's a news. And the news is that in the newspaper every week, there's, like, you know how sometimes you get in the newspaper and there's, like, a little magazine inside? It's, like, a special interest thing. So in the magazine, it's like there's like a queer magazine, in, or in the in the newspaper, there's like this queer magazine. Who's on the cover, Julie? Bridget. Bridget. And Bridget's coming out. She's coming out in this magazine. Didn't tell Emma anything, and in it, she's talking about how she has a relationship, how she has a partner, and Emma is fucking gutted. Like she's just a fucking mess. So they go home. Cause she's just like, I need to eat some chocolate and watch a movie and sleep and shit and get drunk. And like, I just need to like not deal with this. So they pull up to the house and then they hear Emma (laughs) who's there at her fucking house, but Bridget and the roommates like girl, like really, really. And then Emma's like, it's okay. I'll talk to her or whatever. And so Bridget's like, I'm really sorry. Um, I guess you saw the news and she's like, yeah, you're goddamn right. I saw the news. Like, this is bullshit. I can't believe, you know, this hurts. Like, this is really hurtful. Like, why would you, you know, why wouldn't you tell me like, you know, why would you come out but not with me? And, and so it turns out that Bridget was coming out for her and lied about being in a relationship. Um, And she just, accepted that you know it might be political suicide uh, but she was gonna come out and she was like yeah it was a little presumptuous that you know you take me back but I love you and this is the best way that I can show you that you matter enough to me um, to like I come out to the world this way and my career be damned and all that and so Emma's like okay all right so it's like she, you know, she forgives her, but, like, she decides to have, like, some boundaries for a really long time and, like, get back into it. Um, She never goes back to work for Bridget, but Bridget decides to be more open about their relationship and, like, will show up at their work. And, like, it just turns into a normal relationship, and Emma's really happy, but Emma feels more empowered in the relationship. And Bridget, meanwhile, is, like, settling into her role as an openly queer, pol- you know, politician And the end of the book, they're talking about getting a cat and moving it together. (laughs) I know it was really sweet and I loved it. It was, it it was really beautiful. It was very, very funny. Um, very descriptive. So like spicy as hell. Like there's like this whole scene where they're in bed and like Bridget's like asking her to put more fingers in. And I was just like, Oh my God, like super spicy. Um, and the woman that, like, she had was working with, who she had sex with, was, like, super happy for her. Um, and so, like, it was just happy endings across the board. Um, and so, in the end, she got to, like, tell everybody who she had been seeing. Um, and there were no more secrets, no more burner phones. It was just open in the public. And people loved Bridget. She got reelected for another term. So.
1: What?
0: Yeah. You, it was great. I recommend it. It was great. Yeah.
1: Renee, I love this because oftentimes we've discovered throughout this journey that you either get a spicy book, a romantic book, a well-written book, and you very rarely get all three. Like some, usually it's like cute and well-written. And then you're like, but I wanted some spice. This sounds perfect.
0: It was perfect. And I could see it being like. A nice little, like, movie. Um, yeah. I liked it. I want to see Kristen Stewart as Emma. And uh, I want to see um, the woman who plays the boss in Ted Lasso as Bridget. No, no, you no. You know, no, the no. nun, like, she... Yeah, yeah. No, you I don't, want. though.
1: You don't. You want Rebel Why? Wilson because she's no. Australian
0: and she just came out as queer. Um, no, she she's not a Bridget. She might be an Emma.
1: Okay. She could be an
0: Emma. Okay, but but no, she's not. She's not a Bridget. Mm-mm. Okay, Bridget is an Amazon. Oh, in my opinion. Okay, yeah. that's fair. You know who else is mm-hmm. an Amazon and is named Bridget?
1: Bridget Jones. Bridget Everett. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she's six feet tall. She could, and her name is Bridget, so she could do it. But, um, okay. So Spice, are we giving it? What are we giving for Spice? Like five? Um, Solid five.
0: Yeah, five. Out, yeah, five out of five. Yeah, yeah, five out of five. Uh, shrimps on the babby.
1: <laughs> um, what about? Um, were
0: there any accoutrements used
1: in your book? Uh, we're you just going with a strap, or was there any? You know,
0: I, she and Bridget never used toys, so I, I think because um, here, okay, just back up real quick. In the scene where she's using the strap on for the first time, mm-hmm. it describes how it was like pushing into her. And she really enjoyed that. And as somebody who has never used a strap-on, I was always like, oh, I don't want to use one because, like, that's going to be kind of boring for me. But then to read a description about how this person had never used one and they really enjoyed it because it gave them pleasure, too. I was like, oh, that's lovely. So it was a neon green uh, strap-on. So for this couple, I want them to have, um, like, an indigo-colored strap-on. Ooh, okay because because um the first time they hook up bridget's wearing this like really beautiful blue dress and um emma's really into it and so when she sees that big billboard she's pissed because bridget's wearing the dress so even didn't realize it's like a message to her Mm -hmm. like hey girl i miss you Uh, hey girl so give them a blue indigo strap on that they can put in the dishwasher that's what I want for them so they can experience that together. I love this. Now I need to know, what are you reading for us this week? Really brief little scene because it had a very funny little thing at the end. Um, just to give you an idea of how funny this book is. Um, very brief. It's it's the scene where they're driving to this event and Emma puts her hand on Bridget's leg. And Bridget's like, gross. So she doesn't say that. But. <laughs>
1: All right, hit me.
0: I'm sorry if the accent like doesn't, doesn't stay, but we'll do our best. Okay.
1: I mean, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree with that one. I haven't maintained an accent from beginning to end other than a
0: French Canadian one. So (laughs) sometimes you do like a British accent where you're like, oh, good, good, jolly old in England. (laughs) That's pretty good. I can hold an English accent, but Australian's a little hard. It's a little hard. All right. Well, here we go.
1: If anyone can do it, it's
0: you. <laughs> okay. I've oh, never met someone as optimistic as you, she said. It's almost pathological. I laughed at that. Sounds like you mean to say delusional. No, not. i at- oh, say I went British. Fuck. <laughs> it's the Queen. She lives her. in the walls. <laughs> She's fucking staring at me through my plates. <laughs> don't don't look don't look through diana's plate please um (laughs) sorry (laughs) i'm just gonna read it no not at all you see the bright side the good and it does me good to be around you i unthinkingly reached over and put my hand on her leg just above the knee and she slapped it away well more like half grabbed my wrist and flung it back at me like if a dead rat had landed on her and she wanted it gone but didn't want to touch it Careful," she muttered furiously, and I looked away from me out her window. I didn't react. I was partway in shock. I think the autopilot in my brain had the wherewithal to drive the extra minute or so to the center, indicate, turn into the driveway, and park in the visitor bay that had the big handwritten sign taped to a witch's hat that read, "Reserved for Honorable Bridget O'Keefe and Emma." Ready?" she asked as I killed the engine. I opened up my car door without looking at her. I couldn't have looked at her, little alone replied, without letting out an angry tears that were welling up in my throat. I grabbed the shoulder bag with Bridget's phone, speech, and the day's lipstick, water bottle and sunglasses already in it, and walked after her into the party. The anniversary had filled the complex with hundreds of visitors, so I was able to avoid Beryl and any of the other residents that may have wanted to chat. The manager bailed Bridget up. Uh, "'and directed her around as soon as we entered the reception area, "'so there wasn't much required of me. "'Not much required except to maintain a calm visage "'while my insides were writhing with white-hot fury. Bridget walked the couple of steps onto the small stage "'at the front of the big hall and started to make her few remarks. "'I watched her. "'She was cool as a cucumber, at once engaging and professional, "'likable and impressive.' Every eye in the large auditorium was fixed on her and she commanded their attention effortlessly. But what I felt at that moment was shame, hurt, belittlement. Yes, all of those things. All of those things and hatred. I didn't hate her, I hated myself. And I knew in that moment what I needed to do. Kill her. No, I'm kidding, imagine. (laughs) Imagine. Kill her. I don't think I could have kept the accent that whole time even though I... (laughs) Was like, I was like reading this book and I was like, I knew in that moment what I needed to do. Killer. No, I'm kidding. Imagine. Like I was reading it over and over, but the second I thought about it, I switched over to like, killer. No, I'm kidding. Imagine. Like, it's fucking dumb. It's hard. It's the hardest accent. I,
1: I mean. really, and I fucking was there. I was there right before the pandemic. And do you think I could? Yeah, no, can't. Can't do it it's really fucking hard. Hard. hard yeah i can't even do it
0: it's because you know what on the internet right now they're going like they're they're like oh australian girls are like no like they're doing like this like <laughs> like like, <laughs> like just this like gurgling thing like this gurgling sound it's very kath and kim like <laughs> no like it's it's weird and wacky and i hate it and uh i I saw too many of those memes because my phone heard me talking about Australia. Uh, So it was just like, Australia. Activate Australian social media. Brutal. Brutal. But um, everybody should watch Bluey. It'll teach you how to empathize and play with your kids. Thank you. (laughs) All
1: Um, right. Hit me. What you got? uh, I'm going to read a a tinsy bit um, of this little part because, again, it's just – it's just so funny to me how... It's not even funny. It's just that it's just like, oh, Canadiana. <laughs> so it. um, they just finished having uh, a big old bang session. And nice. it's the next morning. And she is wanting to kind of take things slow from an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, clearly mm-hmm. not from a sexual standpoint. But no. Uh, this is the next morning Uh, morning she says and the soft sleepy huskiness in her voice takes my dick from interested to demanding I reach for a condom wake up sex is a fucking awesome tradition after she comes twice both times with her cunt milking my cock for all it's worth we shower together and that's just nice but damned if I don't like it almost as much I don't tell her about my hockey game yet either I'll get an opportunity or I won't go And I'm rewarded for my patience when, after we dry off, she pulls yoga clothes out of her bag. After last night, I need to do some major stretching, she says as she glides past me. So once we make some breakfast, I may head to yoga. Should I do a hoser accent for the Prime Minister? Oh Oh, yeah, bud. Do it. Oh yeah! Is this some of that, uh, some of that taking things slow plan? Because I want to invite her back here after, but I don't want to push she lifts one delicate shoulder my gaze hooks on a trio of freckles that decorate her bare skin there and i loop my arms around her waist holding her tight so i can kiss them come back here once you're done bud (laughs) he doesn't say but (laughs) okay she whispers i've got a thing too so i'll drop you off and pick you up she turns in my arms what are you up to It's damn hard to hold her in my arms and just have a conversation. I want to lose myself in her mouth, but I settle for a light kiss before I tell her about the new team. When I was trying not to want you quite as much as I do, trying and failing, I asked Lachlan to find me a hockey game. To watch? To play. A pickup team, casual, but organized enough that the participants can be screened for security. I missed last week because I had to prep for the summit. You play hockey? used to play every week? Nah, I don't know how often I'll get to do it, but uh, there's a group of guys that Lachlan trusts and uh, it's fun. Stop it with being so perfect. She means it lightly, a compliment, but it's damn close to the whole pedestal thing that makes me uncomfortable. I shrug it off. I like hockey. I love hockey. That's because you've got maple syrup in your veins. It gives me an amused look. (laughs) Can I come watch you play sometime? You'd want to. Of course. Of course I would. Sure. But I need to warn you that Tate Nielsen plays on my team. And if you drool over him, I'll get all jealous and like beat my chest like a caveman. The captain of the Ottawa Senators plays on your pickup hockey team? Well, there are some perks to being the prime minister no kidding (laughs) I'm like hockey maple syrup and Ottawa senators in like two paragraphs frisky beavers indeed (laughs) (laughs) and again every week I say this but follow us on Instagram and Twitter because the cover of this book like nothing about this cover tells you that this book is going to be as incredible (laughs) as it was so um yeah And like yours, you were saying yours is like a really sweet looking cover and you're like, you wouldn't have thought it was so spicy. And yet it was. It
0: really was. I love this. Um, I also, I figured out um, what this fucking Australian no thing I was talking about was. (laughs) Okay. So it's a meme. (laughs) It's a meme from this like um, the show about a mermaid. I don't know if you ever watched it. I think it's called like H2O or something where it's like this mermaid if she get like she comes on land and she's like a human but if she gets wet she turns into like a mermaid again so it's like oh no it's like like oh no clear and it's so funny because they're like no it's, oh my god it's so funny and like that's what i was looking at all day because my phone listens to me oh no oh my, oh my god.
1: god i just it's fucking worst the other day, I was just thinking about our conversation with the Irish and, like, me being, like, it's not funny. I've got <laughs> school. And I just, like, oh, there's just sometimes, I, I don't know, there's just, like, a little hook of something and it just, it's like, I've been singing... It's corn for like two weeks because the internet has decided that this tiny child that loves corn is just going to be played on repeat. And so I understand you get like a tiny chunk of audio stuck in your head and then you just you can't get past it. I get it.
0: I get it, bud. Oh, (laughs) no. Yeah, it's brutal. We were talking about sex toys at work and my whole weekend it was like all my ads on Instagram were like wacky sex toys like this one. I I was like, oh, I wonder how much it is. It's like – this. it looks like a flashlight, but it's got like a tongue in it. But it also is like a <laughs> – like <laughs> It's like a cup and it like sucks your whole pussy in. And I was like, how much is this? Because <laughs> I'm interested. Remember that time I accidentally bought like – listeners, listen. I accidentally bought a humongous dildo. <laughs> and so I wanted to send pictures to Julie <laughs> – so she could see like how gargantuan this thing was as i was sending it next to things for scale and my favorite one was like it next to the dsm5 that was my favorite one um
1: i think that i that should have been put in the louvre like it that was fucking art
0: i'm gonna put it on our instagram for everybody without context um I mean, if they listen to the show, they'll have the context. But otherwise, like you're out of the loop, folks. <laughs> um, sorry to our one Australian listener. You know what? I I really wanted to um to do this for you. In fact, <laughs> they saw our Clippy posts from today, and they sent me. Oh no! Like they were like, oh no! It was like, oh noir. Yeah. So, um, I think that's what did. It. I'm gonna. Sorry, you got, you did this, Oscar. I. Have I'm disappointed that you threw off my accent that i practiced so- i watched so much bluey julie like <laughs> oh i don't doubt non-stop that you do. stop bluey do not doubt yeah. that you do they do- don't even go in the outback on bluey i think they've had like two episodes in the outback like it- they're going to fucking montessori school and shit on that show but it's a more realistic accent i think over the like crocodile dungeon. <laughs> But they're coming from Blue Healer dogs, so...
1: Oh, that's the Bluey. See, when I keep hearing parents talk about Bluey, I assume they it's just, like, the cool new name for Blue's Clues. Like, they're just, like, re-watching old Blue's Clues, and oh, then you've no. just made me realize that, no, it's, it's actually, it's its own show.
0: No, it's, like, the lovely, lovely show that is about, like, positive parenting. So, basically, these, like these mom this mom and dad dog they say yes to their kids so every game their kids are like Can we play a game they're like yep and then they play the fucking game and i'm like they would have to be fucking blue healer dogs because who has the energy to do this <laughs> like i don't like i just do not and like the parents are always learning lessons and shit and teaching their kids and i'm just like ugh, it the time and so the way that they they show like I guess I don't want to say bad parenting, but like regular people parenting, <laughs> it's like they'll they'll show it in the context of the '80s. It's hilarious. I'm just like, oh, I'm that's me right there. Yeah,
1: I mean, we know which era we were born in for sure. Z's. That's um, also
0: how I parent. Like, I can't. My kids are like, can we play? I'm like, no. I've been parenting for almost 20 years. You missed your missed your chance. <laughs>
1: that's why Missed that's why chance. that's why you get a fun aunt that's what my talents are for we yeah, come come and you
0: play dolls i go and i cry into a towel in the bathroom so just uh, how just, we do
1: just make sure you bite down hard on it uh this is actually a wonderful transition because what are we doing <laughs> next week renee
0: oh julie we're doing planned parenthood <laughs>
1: Our theme next week is Planned Parenthood. That is the only information we're going to give you. We will let your imaginations roam. And we will be here next week with more <laughs> Um yeah. Related to Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. But uh, as always, lovely chatting with you, Renee. Always my pleasure. Do you want to sing us out? Um... I do. Hit me. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love!
0: Bye. Bye. the show is created by Karen McKnight very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance you can find Josh on Instagram at Fushiguyami that's F-U-S H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com